0: Hey everybody, this is Davis over at CFG, and I would like to welcome you to another episode of Pop Culture Gems. This is a series where we talk to amazing creators, artists, cosplayers, voice actors, and so much more. If you like the interviews we do with these amazing guests, give us a thumbs up and subscribe to our YouTube channel, the CFG channel, or you can either go to our main website, confreaksandgeeks.com, or listen to it on any podcast services out there. Today, my con is an I or my guest is an icon in the voice acting world with over 600 credits to his name. He has done it all. You You may have grown up with his voice without even knowing it, but some of the incredible roles he is in are Jigen from Lupin the Third, Bato from Ghost in the Shell, the Joker as well as the lightning god himself Raiden in Injustice and in the Mortal Kombat series, the recent Mortal Kombat series, uh, and some in Kingdom Hearts, Akuma in SF5, Joseph Joestar in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, and so many, many more. We literally would be here all day. I would <laughs> I would like to welcome Richard Epcar to the show. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing
1: great. Great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. <laughs> I think we should sit here and we should sit here and name each and every character that I've ever done. I think that's would be great.
0: If we can get like uh, what's his name, like Paulson and do like his yakko impersonation of the world, like all the countries of the world, that's exactly what you deserve that <laughs> at this point, you know? That, that's what yeah, that's he's what great. it is. Great. I love
1: Rob. He's a good good man. Very good man.
0: <laughs> no, but no, that's great. I'm really glad to have you here. It was really Thank awesome. You. I would love to get out with you today. So let's get this uh let's get this started uh so amongst like being also an actor director producer uh i mean you've been in voice acting for a long time uh for a good a good time initially what brought you into the world of voice acting uh like early in your career
1: well i originally came to los angeles to be an on-camera actor which i did a lot of that i did a lot of soaps and tv shows and that sort of thing and uh i was in a uh a repertory theater company and i met my wife ellen stern and she was uh had a lead in a, in a film that she was doing and uh, the people who were doing that film had another film that they wanted to uh, replace uh, the voices on and she said can i bring my boyfriend now this is a long long time ago but can i bring my boyfriend with me who was me at the time and uh Uh, They said, sure. And the guy said, have you ever done this before? I said, oh, I've done it a million times. I never did it before in my life. And I went in and I was, uh, what it was, was dubbing for a live action film. They were replacing the voices of the actors. So they liked me for the lead guy and I booked that. And this company uh, really liked what I did. And I took to it like a duck to water because I'm also a drummer and there's a lot of rhythm to dubbing. So Uh, I got that job and then they had me come in for a bunch of other jobs and I just worked constantly. And from that job, I got uh, a part in Robotech, which uh, was the, one of the first uh, animes that was on network television. And uh, excuse me, we, uh, we did that show and uh, I, you know, I never thought anything would come up from it, but it just blew up. And I, I, after that, I just worked constantly and I've never stopped working since. And I've just been doing. Uh, you know, every day, almost every day I have a voice job. It's been, it's been insane and uh, it gets better every year. You would think it would be winding down, but it's getting more and more crazy. So, uh, well, I mean,
0: I'm just amazed because like, it's actually kind of great to like, I love the fact that you're here because like, I don't usually talk to people who started voice acting like, like basically in the eighties. So, I mean, like it's a, it's a good, a good back in the stone age, <laughs> yeah, back in the stone age <laughs> before we had fire. <laughs> that's exactly it because like you're like you're saying robotech was one of the first uh dub or uh, like animes uh, animes that legitimately came to the states seriously yeah. you know Yeah. uh but w- yeah but like i'm just like surprised like how far we have come from there from then to like what it is today and it's, yeah, just- it's,
1: it's there's so much content and then uh you know my wife and i are being hired by a lot of these companies to direct a lot of these live action shows for Netflix and uh, the other, you know, some of these other places, HBO and, and uh, Paramount Plus, some of these other companies are hiring us to direct a lot of the dubs of these uh, these uh, foreign films into English, which we've been doing for years and years in, as well. And we've done a lot of Academy Award winning films and that sort of thing as well. So we've been doing this stuff a long time. And in fact, I, I was a supervisor for DreamWorks. And I went all over the world and supervise different, uh, our movies into other languages. And that was a really fun gig. I did that for, for almost two years and, and went all over the world and, uh, had a, had a ball doing that.
0: <laughs> just, you didn't you just voice it, man. You just, you just been, were a person with many hats. My goodness. yes <laughs> I do have a
1: lot of hats. That's true. That's true. That's very true.
0: You know, it's funny. It's kind of weird. I have a weird memory because I'm like, I don't know what it is, but I, for some reason there was a movie or I don't know what, it, I don't remember what it was, but it, you look like the guy from like a movie I saw with Scott Baio or something that you threw like from like Charles in Charge. That's <laughs> like I, I threw actually, into a pool.
1: I threw Scott Bayo into the pool. Yeah, we were. Uh, it, it, that was, was that uh, you? Yeah, it was me. That was me. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: I, I told you I did a lot of television when I first came out, and uh, that was one of my one of the jobs that I did, and uh, that was on uh, uh, Diagnosis Murder. Uh, oh, I, I with the I was Dick Van Dyke. I worked with him many times. I was on that show four or five times, actually, as a different characters. And uh, this uh, uh, one guy, he, he was trying to, I guess Scott Bale was trying to find something out about uh, somebody. And he came and asked my wife, and uh, my wife's going, this guy's bothering me. And so I throw him in the pool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you look like you were, you were like, look like you were nine feet tall. <laughs> like,
1: well, you I like you am nine feet tall. So <laughs> I got all the nine feet tall uh, roles. So I played all those. <laughs> and that's why, actually, I was in a movie called Memoirs of an Invisible Man with Chevy Chase and Daryl Hannah and Sam Neill. And one mm. of the reasons I think I got that part was because they wanted uh, someone to look intimidating next to Daryl Hannah because Daryl Hannah's a very tall girl. She's, she's either almost six foot or six foot tall. She's oh, wow. a very tall girl. So, um, uh, they wanted somebody to kind of look, uh, bigger next to her. Wow. So that, that was one of, I think that was one of the reasons I got that part.
0: That must've been really tricky to find someone really t- t- to, to, to but that's but yeah, well, so she's a tall guy too. So he, he, he worked
1: out well with her too. But yeah, that was, that was one of the funnest experiences I've ever had, uh, doing anything. And we got, uh, we shot on that for, I was on it for 10, 11 weeks and we shot, uh, a couple of weeks in San Francisco and shot a bunch of stuff here at Warner brothers at the back lot there at, at stage 16. And it was great. That was really great.
0: <laughs> that sounds so awesome. In your own view, like, uh, how much has voice acting evolved from when you started doing it to, to now? depressing uh
1: it's 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 grown leaps and bounds it really has i mean um i i think it's gotten so much better if you look at some of the old stuff it just sounds really kind of stilted and weird but uh you know because everyone's really trying to hit the uh, lip sync which is we, we still do that i mean we still try to make it but now we try to make it a little more natural and there's a lot of uh tools to help us now there's pro tools as we were talking about earlier which you can shift the lines left or right you can expand them you can contract them to make them fit the the lip flaps and you can do a lot of stuff with it and just cut it up and do all kinds of things that we couldn't do when we started out uh when we started out it's why i like to call it uh, combat dubbing because uh basically we had a script and it had the time code burned onto the film and the time code was on the script and you had to look at the screen and grab the line as it was coming now we have beeps, which beep you in. There's three beeps that go boop, boop, boop. And then on the fourth imaginary beep is when the line actually starts. So you don't even have to think about that stuff anymore. But when I first started out, you really had to uh, had to watch the screen and really try to get it in there. And we would go back and forth you know, as many times as we had to in order to make it uh, fit into the mouth flaps of the character you were dubbing. So that was not easy.
0: In the, well yeah like I said like in the 80s like like uh you know iconic films back in the day Akira was one of the yeah. it was such a great film but man I could not listen to it though because of how uh, of how like either there's fast motions uh, I guess it's another thing because like translation wise was there much trans like that went into the translations the direct translations from Japanese to to English because some of it seems like they were they were saying paragraphs in f- like, but they want you to be talking ten times fast so it all fits in in the same. Well, in the same in the uh, same. Movies length, like you know?
1: Akira, you know, and I hate to say it, but a lot of times when uh, the the big studios get these movies, they don't really know what to do with them because they're, dubbing is not their forte. Really, let's face it. Uh, And you have sound people working on these things that it really, they did not know lip sync and they did not know how to do that stuff. So they did the best, uh, you know, rendition of it. I guess they could at the time, but they, they really should have gotten people like myself uh, who do this stuff all the time and really know how this stuff works. Um, And, you know, a lot of these, these big movies that were at the, uh, the, the major studios, they don't look so great because they're, you know, (laughs) They're, they're just not, they're done by people that just don't understand lip sync and uh, how to make it work and how to make it look like English. When I do it, I, I hope to, to get it to the point where when you're watching it as a viewer, you forget it's a dub, you're watching a dub thing and you just get into the story and you forget about it being dubbed. And if, if you do that, then I've done my job.
0: Yeah, that's very true. You And yes, you have done your job with over like the 600, 600 roles and counting. Um, You've done several types of characters. Yeah. Uh, Like, what is the weirdest role that you could remember that you've done? Like, I mean, we could like, or more like, like you, we, we see you like we're, we're on the subway or we're in a taxi or somewhere. And we're like, oh, why is Richard Epcard talking to us like ra- randomly? Like, was there any of those kind of, oh, there, like, there's been a lot ones. of
1: them. I'm trying to remember some, uh, sadly, I can't really remember any of them, but, uh, there's been some weird ones. Um, you know, th- as far as being weird characters, there's a, there was a show called monster that I did a few years ago. And,
0: uh, Oh yeah, that's Victor
1: uh, Lungay is a very strange character. And he was a really lot, a lot of fun to play him. Uh, there was another character, uh, uh ziggy uh ziggurat 8 uh ziggy and xenosaga which is oh, a xenosaga. game yeah, with
0: and the that was a,
1: he was a really fun bizarre character but really fun to play and uh you know i've been listen i've been very very lucky uh, i've got to play some uh you know hundreds of characters a lot of really fun characters iconic characters like the joker it doesn't get more iconic than that and uh you know i've been very very fortunate to to play all those kinds of characters and like I say, I, I've got a lot more stuff coming up, and uh, we'll see what happens. I I, I just uh, finished working on this thing um, called uh, Dixon Mason, which was really cool. It's an original animated uh, series. It's a noir animation, and it looks very cool. And I play a, a private eye in it, and it's like oh. the old, uh, you know, the old kind of uh, detective. Uh, kind of things where the the beautiful woman comes in and asks for help from the detective and all that kind of stuff so it's really cool and I hope we I hope we get a series out of it because it's just a super cool uh, uh show and there's been a few little things like that I, I kind of enjoy these 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 little one-off things that I get every once in a while that are not from the big you know, I listen, I love the big jobs. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not trying to <laughs> say I don't, yeah. but every once in a while you get these little, you know, these little projects that are made by people that are, you know, made with love and they really, you know, want to get their stuff out. And those are a lot of fun.
0: Do you prefer, I mean, I'm not, like I said, not, not saying any knocking any of the big, the big roles or anything like that, but do you prefer like the weird, uh, like the far-fetched character over, you know, the, the regular, uh, like the regular, you know, the kind of, simple characters. Cause like, like you said, like professor, like the dude from monster was an incredibly odd character. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> and you know, they're, they're
1: fun. They're, you know, they're fun. Uh, uh, and I, and I do like the characters that are close to me. Uh, you know, it just, it just depends. You know, honestly, I like, I like doing shows that are well-written and I like doing characters that I can just really sink my teeth into as an actor. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of times you get, you know, called in to do, you know, jobs and, the director has a very, uh, uh, you know, succinct idea of what he wants that character to be. And sometimes I don't always agree with, you know, what he wants to do, but I, I'm hired as the actor and I'm supposed to, you know, produce for him. So, uh, I will, uh, I will create that, uh, character that he wants, but, uh, that's not always gratifying to me as an actor, to me as an actor, it's always fun to kind of, uh, do it as a, uh, you know, uh, do it together. You, 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 you collaborate on a, on a character. And, uh, and that's always fun to do with a director is create something that's unique and fun. Um, there is, fun, there is one, uh, one story cause we're talking about this stuff. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it now. Uh, uh, it was called, uh, I believe it was called Slade. Technoman. it was called Technoman.
0: oh yes do you, do you yes. remember that show techno man i do remember that yes well,
1: well i played uh axe and uh mac now mac when they first hired me to do that part uh i had auditioned doing kind of a real gruff you know blah, blah, blah. you know he he's kind of like the scotty of the ship and then for some reason i just started doing sean connery over sudden, and they loved it so what happened was mac became scottish which was perfect it was like scotty on star trek because it was kind of a star trek ish kind of a show mm-hmm. and then it was funny I, I mentioned to you earlier that i, I was uh, supervising for dreamworks so i happened to be in germany and that show happened to come on the tv and the german guy came on and he's doing uh, mac with a scottish accent and i thought that's fucking crazy now the reason that happens is because when uh, we dub stuff here in in, in the u.s mm-hmm. uh we do it into english They take, uh, it's called figs. There's uh, France, Italy, uh, uh, Germany, and Spain. Those are the four major countries that dub everything. They dub everything. So they have huge, like we have big movie production studios. They have big dubbing houses there. So they dub everything. So they get our scripts because we're time coded and it's written in English and it's easier to adapt from our stuff than it is to take the original stuff and try to adapt it to that because we've already done the The grunt work, work, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but so it was interesting. He heard my character with a Scottish accent and they thought, well, this character has to have a Scottish accent. So the, the actor put a Scottish accent on it. So I, I, I got a, I got a chuckle out of that because here's a guy doing a German with a Scottish accent. I thought that was, hilarious. I would
0: love to hear how a German <laughs> with a Scottish accent would sound. That just sounds interesting. It's like,
1: well, the, I, the weirdest, the weirdest thing was, was when I was in Germany and I would go to these Chinese restaurants, you know, Chinese food restaurants and the Chinese girls would speak German. That like blew my mind. You know, you just, <laughs> wow. you just don't expect that at all. I don't know why. I mean, <laughs>
0: no, I, I totally know. understand. Like, just, uh, one of my, uh, one of my, uh, uh, what was one of my bands? Uh, one of the bands I like to listen to, uh, uh, uh who did "Through the Fire and Flames"? Dragon Force, like their, no. their, uh, their lead guitarist Herman Lee is a really good guitarist. uh uh, and completely uh he's a A asian but he has a european accent and it just Ah. every time that he talks to me i'm like or when he talks i'm like i never get i'm never ready it's like it's like oh here we go i need to uh self-adjust it's really it's incongruous
1: it seems yeah i know but
0: (laughs) it's it's really not but it just you're not
1: used to it so it just seems a a little off but that really kind of blew me away (laughs)
0: <laughs> very interesting. and I mean at this point in your career, um is there a role out there that you would love to like that's out there that you would like to play?
1: James Bond, of course. <laughs> and uh, Batman. I'd love to do a thing where I could do Batman and the Joker together because I do Raiden and then the Joker together and everyone, you know, no one knows it's the same guy or some people do but they don't know it. You know, it's funny <laughs> even the guys at the Netherrealm, uh I met with him I was doing a, a convention in Chicago it's where Netherrealm is based <clears throat> and he said uh he said, I want to bring you to uh, the studio. He said, because there's people still there that don't believe that the the one guy does the voice of the Joker and Raiden. They can't believe that. And I've been doing oh, wow. this for 12 years now. So, Wow. <laughs> you really? Know, Day. Yeah.
0: Have, have you, you've never been to, so you haven't been to the other studios I like, at all? I, or? I'm,
1: I'm dying to uh, get another convention in Chicago. I wish they would invite me back because mm-hmm. I'd love to go there and I will definitely make room out the back end of the, hey, uh, when I'm done with the con and go see, because I really would love to go there and meet those guys. They are super talented. And, you know, talk about, I, I mentioned earlier, I like to do really well-written scripts. These guys, mm-hmm. they their writing is phenomenal. I mean, they're like, they're all like movie scripts. They're really, really well done. And uh, they just do a great job. And I'd love to meet those guys.
0: I introduced, like, I think uh, I was introduced to your, like, I mean, like, I believe when you went into the Mortal Kombat series, and I'm not counting, um, Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. I think that was kind of like a special in itself. Yeah, uh-huh. but like, uh. Like when you were introduced in the Mortal Kombat series was nine, right? Like through the regular, the regular number, right? Like
1: uh, I, I believe so. Well, actually, I did Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. That was uh-huh. the first one I did. That was the very first. And that one, was yeah. the first one that cast me as Raiden and the Joker, and they were both in that. So I was on uh, for the DC side. I was the Joker, and for Mortal Kombat, I was Raiden. And then they continued to bring me in for the uh, the shows. And then when uh, then we did uh, Injustice: Gods Among Us. Uh, I did the Joker in that, and then they did. Uh, they brought in Raiden as a guest star. Was so, that was, so that was yeah, that was pretty cool. They brought in Raiden, and then when they did Mortal Kombat, uh, I was doing Raiden, and they brought in the Joker as a special guest star. So, so that was uh, pretty cool. I got to uh, I got to be in uh, you know. I got That's to crazy. go back and forth on those. So that was really yeah. great. Yeah.
0: I love yeah, you. It. I mean like you were saying with Netherrealm though like they're they 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 do take their scripts pretty seriously cuz I believe they connected yeah. like 9, 10 and 11 all together as one gigantic oh, yeah, story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know? They're amazing. And you're the focal point of most of that story, which is I even know. crazy. <laughs> it's fantastic.
1: I, I it's fantastic. It really isn't Like I say, the writing is just incredible. I love it. I, I my only my only wish is I wish they would have spent a little more time on Dark Raiden because he's he, he was interesting yeah. and I, I think they could have gone a little farther with him and you know have him really create some some havoc there. But uh, you know they.
0: For Rain to go just, evil would be amazing. I would definitely like like at the beginning of Eleven. I would love to have seen him just not care. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's, it's you looking. know,
1: I call him. I call him. He's the the quintessential dad. You know, he really is. He's like he's always giving everybody advice and telling everybody what they should do. And you know, he's just he's he's a really uh, he's a very noble and honorable character. And I, I love playing him. He's one of my all time favorite characters. I just love him to death technically but, uh, though it's,
0: it's like most of it, it's funny because like actually i've talked to people about that and they're like saying that like when they played the story mode of of mortal Kombat, they're like blaming raiden for half of what has happened because i know everything that went, went down i'm just like well, I, I don't even understand but i can understand know. him being like when he flips and he decides to go dark raid and i was like thinking okay that's that's his turning point that's when he just says you know what Stop blaming me. I'm just going to take care of every... I'll just take care of it myself and just with just a vengeance yeah no, they didn't go that way <laughs>
1: yeah i know I, I wish they had done a little bit of that that would have been fun <laughs> that would have been real fun
0: in the well maybe i'll come back they will be
1: dark rain again who knows you know? oh yeah
0: let's cross our fingers so let's give it all that right. <laughs> all right and that uh, like uh what's your, and uh i mean you yourself like uh do you have like do you have a personal fandom like comic comics books gaming like what is it that you like james
1: to- bond uh, we talked about that james bond is my yeah i love james bond
0: you know it's weird like like uh would do you think we would ever see a day of an american actor playing playing a playing that character that role
1: i don't see why not to be honest with you because we have incredible actors in america and listen they have incredible actors in in england too but it kind of irks me a little bit that they they always feel okay about letting the English guys play Americans, but they have a real problem with Americans playing English. And there are guys that have flawless English accents, just like there's English guys that have flawless American accents. You know, it's acting. It's called acting. You know, <laughs> just because you're playing a murderer doesn't mean you have to be a murderer. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I think that uh, I think that uh, they should allow it. They, I mean, they did consider it. And I think this would have been a horrible choice, but uh, you know they they did do a, a, a screen test for James Brolin at one point when Connery was quitting, and that would have been oh, I think wow. a disaster. And also, oh, uh, so this is
0: like a young James Brolin, so that would yeah, have was been very young.
1: Yeah, it was very young. It was around the time Connery was wanted to quit. And, uh, you know, it's not that he, it's not that he can't look the part, I guess, but you know, I don't, I don't think he would be right for that character at all. But, uh, you know, obviously James Bond is English, so he, he, whoever Mm. plays him has got to have an English accent, you know? So, but it doesn't mean like you were saying,
0: it's like acting, but like, I've never seen like, I like for some reason it's weird because like, to me, like, I don't know, maybe I've been conditioned because like James, every James Bond character was always British. Like it was always been, been a British, uh, a British actor. But like it, it, to me, it just seemed well, like George I don't Layton think ever was see it was Australian. Oh yeah, that's true. But how, how many movies? And I, did think, he I have? actually think I think uh, Chris Hems,
1: Emsworth would be a great James Bond. To be honest with you, I think he would be a kick-ass James Bond.
0: You don't think Henry Cavill uh, Cavill would do it? I think Cavill would. I think he. he I, I, I
1: you know I think he he really looks the part I think he looks uh-huh. great and he would be great I just I uh, I would be curious to see how he would play him because I uh, from what everything I've seen I haven't really seen anything James Bondish about him but I thought his uh, Napoleon solo was really good but uh, I don't know I'd be curious and he's he's actually British he is he is a Brit so
0: I forgot the name of the movie that he was in but there was a movie with him he was playing a spy and then he was play- he had to help he had to work with another spy from a different country and ah. that basically uh, uh i need to find the name of that movie I'll but like it was that. uh yeah it was a it was a it, it, he did a really good job in it uh he was great as the bad
1: guy in that uh in that uh, mission impossible mission impossible one. yeah he was like he that. was that, that was a great mission impossible i thought that was really good
0: Every time when I think of that one, it's like it's always the bathroom scene when he comes. you about to fight him. He just kind of cocks his kind of his arms a little bit. Yeah, and it's like yeah. boom, boom, like a double barrel shotgun. I I'm right. like, well, it's like that's how you know. It's like okay, you don't want to mess with that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was he, he looks he weird was with the, yeah. He looks weird with a mustache though. That's Yeah, <laughs> I yeah he didn't that. look good
1: as a mustache. That was uh, well, you didn't want to look like Superman, but oh, uh, okay. that that was uh that was a really great fight scene in that bathroom. That was an amazing oh. fight scene.
0: Yeah, I, you know he would have he would destroy Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is like five five or something, like really short yeah, dude I versus know. really bulk of muscle, like Superman essentially. Yeah. Oh, it's called the Man from Uncle, by the way. Yeah, Man yeah. from Uncle.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mentioned was. that Napoleon Solo. That's who he played in that. Napoleon. Oh,
0: that's who he was. Okay. Yeah. My, my mistake. And he All did right. a
1: great job. He really and and he imbued a lot of uh, of of uh, uh, Robert Vaughn in his performance i really felt a, a little bit of a robert vaughn in there which was really kind of cool he was the original napoleon solo and the original man from uncle on television
0: oh see i didn't see, i didn't even know there was a tv show to be honest got. That's how you oh. yeah, you kids today i tell you <laughs> all right and then like uh uh i guess simple question i mean i know you've been working with them for a long time but still dc or marvel
1: Oh, that's, that's so tough. That's really tough because, you know, uh, I, I actually, you know, you were asking me about, uh, you know, f- fandom and comic books and all that, you know, as a kid, I would read Batman comic books. I love Batman comic books. And, uh, uh, but, you know, I have to say Marvel is just really, uh, taking the lead on, on these movies. Their, their movies are phenomenal. And uh, I would love to see DC, uh, you know, step up and do more stuff like that. Uh, you know, they could do a, a Justice League movie like they did, uh, you know, the Avengers, that kind of thing, and uh, do it with all their characters. I mean, those those characters that DC have, are, they're iconic characters, you know. They're just iconic characters. And yeah. there's no reason why they can't, uh, you know, do I, – I love them both, though. It's, it's really hard to choose. I would love I to see say- – a- yeah I, I won't make
0: you choose but i would say that like you know i mean like which would you prefer like uh, if between the two <laughs> between the two you know so you <laughs> can play You're both lines either
1: way I, I love them both let's leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, my oh, i was gonna mention something i went out of my mind but anyway go ahead what were we gonna
0: oh say? no i'm just yeah i mean like uh i loved uh well like uh, I've always been a fan of X-Men so like I can Yeah uh, yeah see? like like diversity that's why I am so like waiting until they decide to say hey we got the rights we got now we don't have any reason to not have a uh uh a, a, a non Brian Singer like direct uh, Dis, uh Dis, Disney directed X-Men series would be amazing to me Yeah that so, would be amazing Yeah
1: I would love to see uh, I would love to see Marvel versus uh Mortal Kombat, you know.
0: Oh yeah, that would be I a would lot of good characters. That.
1: Yeah, I would love to see that. And uh there was there was talk at one point, I guess, of them doing something like that. I don't know. Uh I would love to see that. I hope it happens. You know, that would be very, very cool.
0: I wonder if they're gonna have the same kind of stipulations that they did with the DC one where they're like, you know, when uh when the Joker, like they did, they were really strict on like fatalities <laughs> for for those for that game. Yeah, I remember. I, you know, they they have to just kind
1: of loosen up a little bit. These guys, I know <laughs> they have. That's their job to watch out for that stuff. But you know, it's like the, I think the fans would love it and they go crazy, and it would be a license to print money. Really, I think people would go nuts and just really really love it.
0: Very much so. And you know, I didn't even know this though, too, because I was actually when I was looking at uh, kind of doing my research. But like you were did you uh you did a small role in the x-men animated movie uh, series back in the nine in the early 90s as like a dude named gladiator or something oh like yeah that. yeah that's right i was gladiator <laughs> that's correct yeah. yeah yeah that was like <laughs> i love <laughs> gladiator he was
1: a, he was really cool he was actually the uh he was their version of superman essentially you know as, and, if, essentially. and if you look at him he looks a lot like superman just purple. Yeah, he's got, Just he's, on, got a, he's got a he's got a mohawk, but he, he's got the the, the uh, you know the upside uh, the the V thing on his uh, you know oh, chest. Yeah, yeah. And he's uh, you know he flies and he's all powerful and
0: you know. Just threw like like I uh, saw the clip. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. He did throw Juggernaut into space. That's <laughs> so right. yeah, That was, uh, that was hilarious. That's pretty cool. And, and I uh, did. I
1: mean- speaking of Juggernaut, I did Juggernaut's uh, efforts in the Deadpool movie. And I also did Colossus's efforts in the Deadpool in both the one and two.
0: So really? I did a lot know of that. stuff.
1: Yeah. There's so much stuff that I've done. It's crazy we're talking about Batman. I met my wife and I met Bob Kane before what? he passed away. Yeah. And like we had a 80s? nice conversation. Yeah, it was a long time ago. But we we had a conversation with him and he said to me, Richard, you know what you need to make it in this business? I said what? He said, You need to invent a character like Batman. I said, Okay, <laughs> thanks, Bob.
0: I'll- I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> you know, he's already that's, on that. That's like, great, but why, why was Bob like Bob Kane? Like, didn't like? How did he survive the? You know, like uh, you remember, like what happened to Charles Schultz and all that yeah. stuff? It's like he like didn't seem like he that 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 uh, that he had the same kind of problem. With, well, he uh, was smart. Uh, you know, character. Bob Kane
1: was super smart about it. I'll tell you, he he held on to that thing for dear life, and he was smart to do that. And so did uh, you know? Look, Stan Lee did the same thing. Uh, you know, the the poor guys who created Superman sold it for a ridiculous amount of money. I think I don't even know what it was. It was like nothing, like you know, yeah, a hundred dollars or something ridiculous. Yeah, it was, and mm-hmm. and they lost that whole franchise, and uh, they they. You know, they they could have really made bank on that, but they, uh, you know, they were desperate and they they gave it up, unfortunately. Uh, but they should have they should have held on to it. Bob Kane held on to Batman forever, and uh, and you know he he was rewarded as a result. And look at Stan Lee. Stan Lee built an empire, you know, a huge empire with his characters. You know, it's funny when you hear those guys. You know, they were just they started out just drawing comics. You know, they were just the artists drawing comics, and then they did very well for themselves. So, see, there's hope for everybody. Keep doing what you're doing, and believe in yourself, and keep going, and you too may wind up being uh, super wealthy and doing really well for yourself.
0: Just I, I, then, you like who knows you make you're going to be the next big thing. You know exactly. That's right. You
1: never know. Who the hell knows? Right. Life's a crapshoot, anyway, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, especially it right is. now. It's a crapshoot.
1: <laughs> You know, I, I, I've been very fortunate in my life, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of people, listen, there's a lot of super talented people out there that are struggling. You know, you just have to, have to keep, uh, keep on keeping on. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, no, I definitely understand. gotta, gotta do the struggle. Definitely understand. Yeah. And, uh, like, uh, do you prefer, like, I mean itself, like, do you prefer doing like a, a role, one role more than the others? Like 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 example like a video game role over maybe a cartoon or anime series or did you have like a preference that that you kind of lean towards to more than the others
1: well to be honest with
0: you um with very few exceptions
1: i would prefer doing a a original animated show or a game just because you get to create a character and you don't have to worry about trying to dub it into, you know, lip sync the character. So you, you get to create a character and, and it's a lot more, you're a lot more free uh, to do what you want to do. Whereas in, in uh, anime, you know, you're, you're dubbing and you're, you're replacing uh, Japanese usually is the language and you're replacing that into English. And and you have to concentrate on doing the lip sync and all that other stuff. Whereas you, you don't have those uh, constraints when you're doing the other stuff. So the other stuff is a little more freeing. uh, And I think sometimes you can be a little more creative because it's you creating the character. Whereas when you're, when you're dubbing, you're really locked into trying to make it sound like that guy that we're looking at on screen and that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, uh, and also those, those other things pay a lot better than anime. So, uh, but uh, you know, But as I said, there's two exceptions. I love doing uh, I love doing Jigen in Lupin the Third. I've been doing it for 20 years now, and I also direct a lot of it and I write a lot of it as well. Uh, The movie that just came out, Lupin the Third, the first, uh, which was a CGI Lupin, which was beautiful. Uh, I wrote uh, the the adaptation for that, and I played Jigen in that, of course. And the other one is Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Joseph Joestar. I love that character so much. He was uh, (laughs) one of my favorite characters. And I really enjoyed playing him a lot.
0: Oh, see, that's pretty cool, though. But like, uh, yeah, it's funny because like when I've talked to other uh, other people, they say all the same thing. Like, I'm actually surprised because I feel like sometimes it seems like you have to work more uh, in uh, with doing anime anime voiceover than you would for other ones because, like you You said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, but and the, like, I just don't, yeah, but I don't understand why it does, why it pays less. That's, that doesn't make sense to me. It's like, is it because it's not union or is it because, no, like, no, it is union, but, but, the,
1: but, but, you know, it's, it's been created in such a way that, uh, that usually, uh, when, when you make a project, let's say you, you, you make a kind of cartoon series in Japan, you have that and, and you want to, you want to get it out to the rest of the world. So the best way to do that is to dub your project. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, you've already spent your budget on creating the cartoon show. So you don't have a big budget to dub it with. And that's why dubbing is, is kind of traditionally been, uh, not great pay because, uh, they see it as kind of the back end of a, a project, uh, you mm-hmm. know, when they're, when they when a project's done, then they do the dubbing on it. You know, it's not always like that, but occasionally it is. And, it, and, and thankfully, actually right now it's, it's gotten a lot better, uh, this year, they passed a new uh, a new rule for uh, you know SAC uh, our, our union passed a new rule that that uh, ups the uh, the pay on dub uh, projects, so that uh, you're going to be making uh, uh, we'll be making better money now. But it's you know it's still not uh, it's still not what the you know the original animation or the uh, the games are. But you know that's okay. This and uh, you know baby steps. You
0: know. Yeah, <laughs> but, going but, uh, At least it's going a different direction. So it's-
1: yeah, you, you know, you have to look at it like a different. Uh, it's a different art form, basically, is really what it is. And you know the, uh, and unfortunately, that particular art form doesn't pay great, but. uh you know, listen, uh, I have a lot of fans from doing those shows, so uh, the, it's not lost on me. And the, the the fans love those shows, and they love to come see us at conventions and that sort of thing. And And that's great, and I love all that. So, uh, you know, that's that's where you get the, the additional pay from, if you ask me, is from that doing is the true. conventions, meeting the fans, and that sort of thing.
0: That's great. Yeah. And uh, like you said earlier though, uh about like, you know, one of the roles that you like to do in the anime was was uh was Jigen, uh which I was going to bring I had a specific question for that cuz it kind of it's kind of irritates me <laughs> because like okay. like you were you were doing Jigen for 20 years. Like I believe you've always been Jigen, right? Like uh, theoretically in the English dubs, correct? No, there like, there are I mean, other people that have done before that yeah, are oh, for English. There, okay,
1: there were yeah, there were other people that did Jigen, uh, not as well as I did it. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that you're not up at that ego right there. <laughs> but uh, like uh, but like, so did you? Were you a part of it in Castle Cagliostro? Is that you, uh, or?
1: No, and and supposedly I did uh, I did Goyamon in that, but that, I don't believe that's true. I know that I know they they kind of credit me for that, but which which would mean I've done Jigen and I've done Zenigata and several uh, of the <laughs> things as well and I've I've done uh, I would have done Goiman. so the only two left would be uh, Lupin and Fujiko so it'd be interesting to hear me doing Fujiko but uh, Michelle does it so perfectly no one could do it better than Michelle so and no one honestly I don't think anybody can do Lupin uh, better than Tony so oh, I yeah. think I put this cast together I put this uh-huh. cast together when we did the Red Jacket series. I, I I cast all these guys, and I thought they were fantastic. Now, what's funny was I wasn't supposed to be Jigen because I was directing it, and I didn't want to uh, be a, a member of the cast. I wanted to just concentrate on directing. Well, we went through like about 200 guys I audition. I brought in a bunch of guys, and the producers never liked any of them. And one day, we're just sitting there after all the auditions, and they looked at me. They said, Richard, you go in the booth and read it. So I went in the booth and I read it and I came out and they said, we found our Jigen. And at first I I wasn't happy about it because I didn't want to play a character and direct myself, but I'm so glad it happened because he really is truly one of my favorite characters. And I love doing him. And, uh, I, I feel a real kindredship with him and with the series and I love working on it. And I, am so happy that I, that I'm Jigen and I love, I love doing him. So, uh, it turned out to be a really, really great thing.
0: Sounds like the producers set you up. They're like, you know what? It's like whatever he picks in, just say no. We'll just wait. we got to wait for that opportunity. <laughs> to well, get him they that may have. View. They may
1: have. Well, you know, they also didn't like Tony, and they kept fighting me with Tony. They, they wanted to get rid of him. And uh, I kept saying, I, I kept saying, no, no, he's, he's perfect. You know? And they kept saying, no, we don't like him, and we don't think he's right. And anyway, we had him come back. He came back three days in a row and redid the first episode three different ways. And they still didn't like them. And I had to sell them on it. And I, and I finally convinced them. I don't know how I convinced them, but I finally did. I said, you know, the problem is, is that they grew up with the series in Japan and they had that, whoever the guy was in Japan who played Lupin, they had his, his voice in their head and they wanted the American to sound the same way. But, you know, the people at that time, when we first did it, it was, uh, uh, no one had seen the show, really. No one had really seen Lupin. So, I said, "This is a perfect fit for this character." You know, as an English speaker, I think this is this would really work. So, anyway, I finally convinced them, and I'm so glad I did because honestly, I can't imagine anybody else playing him. And a lot of people say the same thing, and uh, I just think our cast is stellar. I know there are other casts out there, and and they're all good people. And I don't, you know, listen. I don't begrudge them, but. I really feel like our cast is is the best cast for loop on the third
0: i would I would I would highly agree but the but the little thing I have with it uh, uh is that like I've always wondered like like uh like the way that they've they recorded these uh the uh, the lupins or like cause like you said you started it in the 90s but then then was that the red was that the red jacket series was that the one that they did for Cartoon Network? Yes, so they did that for a bit, but it feels like they just makes dis- it. They it just disappears for a bit, couple of years, and then well, they're it like, "It did,
1: it did, it disappeared for a long time because uh, there wasn't a but lot was of. It was so con- popular.
0: It was well, so popular on Cartoon
1: Network. You know, I know it was. It was super popular. But then what happened? This is a crazy story. This just shows you how crazy this business is. I get a call one day from the studio. He says, hey, uh, you know, uh, are you interested in directing a project? I said, yeah, what is it? And he says, this cartoon show I just got, um, uh, I think it's called Lupin the Third. I'm not really sure. And I said, oh, my God. And and it was total, total, uh, you know, happenstance that it happened. I mean, you would think that after I did the Red Jacket series, they would go seek me out, you know. Mm-hmm. But they didn't, and it, it fell in my lap again, kind of by coincidence. And uh, I, you know, I, I, said, "Oh my God, this is great!" And I said, "I want to bring back the original cast." And the company that had hired the uh, the studio said, "Oh my God, well, they must be ancient now. How old are these guys?" You know? so, <laughs> so we had to go back, and we had to uh, we had to do uh, voice tests for all the characters to mm-hmm. make sure we still sounded the same. And we did. Of course, we sounded the same. So they hired all of us. Uh, we we all passed the test, and then I I directed this with my wife. It was part four we did. It was the Blue Jacket mm-hmm. series. They released that, and it became one of the top shows on Cartoon Network. So then they did part five, and now they're doing part six, which we're part of. Uh, and then and then uh, TMS came and approached me and my company. My wife and I have a company called EpCar Entertainment uh to uh co-direct uh part one which had never been dubbed
0: oh so wow, we just do
1: finished doing that yeah we just finished that and that's going to be released next year or maybe this year maybe it'll be released but this you year. feel
0: so it's just like, like 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 lupin like you're saying like that just sounds insane <laughs> like it is, to me, like, it is insane. Because- because, like, in my opinion, it's just like you say, like, you find gold, right? You pick up the first nugget. You're like, wow, I'm a millionaire. Then you see that there's mounds of it right there. But you decide to, like, put dirt and just, like, cover it up and forget about it until you come back again. <laughs> well, that's a good way to put
1: it. Yes. yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like, well, cause, like he, I, I, they like, don't do their. What? Oh, I'm they sorry. don't do
1: their. No, I was just going to say they. The, a lot of these guys, they don't do their homework. You know, they get these projects. They don't know what they are. They don't care. I mean. You know, uh, for example, uh, I was E. Hondo in Street Fighter. Well, Mm -hmm. a new guy came and took the the franchise, and he didn't know I was E. Hondo, and he cast somebody else. Same thing with uh, Gaius Van Balsar. I played that in Final Fantasy XIV, and then they did Mm -hmm. another one and they hired another guy. And they, I don't know if they didn't know I played that character before or they had a new crew. Sometimes they hire new studios or new crews and they come in and they they either don't know that you've done this character or they just want to put their own spin on, on the character or the story. So they want to hire their own guys. But, you know, there's really not a lot of loyalty in this business. So the fact that I got to do... Uh, Lupin again, I was so thrilled. And now, now I feel like we're a lot more cemented in because, uh, you know, we just came back from, uh, uh, the New York, uh, anime, New York, and they had a big Lupin panel for us. TMS had it and wanted us to be there. And so we did it. And so now I feel like they realize that, uh, and they, they even told me, this is true. They said, you guys are even more popular than the original Japanese cast. Oh, I bet. So, yeah. I so, mean, uh, you know, so well we, deserved. yeah, thank you. So we, you know, we're, uh, you know, now we're, we're, I think we're a lot more cemented in than we, we were before. <laughs> so, you know, now that we've done, you know, I don't know, four or five series and, and I don't know how many movies there's must have been at least 10, 15 movies we've done and uh, games and all that. So, and I've directed a lot, I've directed and written a lot of the, the, uh, the movies that had never been dubbed too for discotheque media. So, uh, you know, we're uh, we're just doing a lot of Lupin, and we love Lupin, and uh, we just yeah, we're happy to see it uh, thriving again.
0: I mean, what would you know? I mean, it's not like you've worked on it for almost twenty years on the back end. Yeah, yeah, No, but that's great. I'm just glad. I'm just glad it's back. I watched Lupin the first, the uh, the CG one, which I was surprised of how good they did the animation without you know upgrading you know it's not really like up. It, it's upgraded but it's still to its original style they still look yeah, like them. exactly Except yeah so it's a
1: much much hotter now
0: much hotter. yeah he is it's it's hot jigan now <laughs> <That's
1: what laughs> hot. It is. i like that hot jigan.
0: yeah it it's very be better hashtag. than fried jigan, i guess right <laughs> it's true all right and uh I, and then there's also something i kind of wanted to confirm with you one more thing uh sure. is it true that no, it's lies the folks lies that, the folks at square enix like gave you the role of to be the new voice of ansem like they just said who did this okay give it to them like uh for in kingdom hearts like is that what really
1: happened what really well see you know as i said i've done over 600 roles that i voiced
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: and that doesn't count all the ones that i've directed and written for i mean that's another hundreds and hundreds of, of movies and roles and things but um uh the reason I got the part of Ansem was the guy who plays uh, Ansem in Japan does the voice of Bateau and Ghost in the Shell, so the producers, when when uh, Billy Zane wasn't going to return, he did the first one, and when they they needed a they needed Ansem for the next next one, the Japanese uh, cli- uh, uh, clients uh, asked. Uh, disney they said who does the voice of bateau in america and they said richard epgar they said okay hire him so they hired me and i never i didn't know anything about the game i didn't know anything about anything and they just went in there now i've done eight of those games yes
0: since oh, then wow. so, yeah yeah uh
1: and uh you know it's so you didn't uh, it, do
0: any kind of they didn't they didn't like okay let's let did any kind of vetting or nothing they just like Hey, he played this dude in another anime series that we probably published. So let's just yeah. let's just
1: do it. That was it. They, they the guy that does uh, that does Ansem in Japan does the voice of Bato. I do the voice of Bato in English. So they said, uh, "Who does the voice of Bato?" And they said, "Richard Epcar." So they hired me, and that, that's how I got that job. Now I have to say I can count on one hand the times <laughs> I've got I've been hired without auditioning. So so that for me that was that was really nice. I like that. I'd like to get more of that to be honest with you.
0: <laughs> so that's you un- oh, so technically it's pretty much it is uncommon for that to kind of that's an aw- I mean like but that's a that's a great role though. I mean, cause you definitely fit filled that role perfectly for your oh, character. Thank you. I mean, thank you. yeah, I mean, and everyone does, everyone loves you for it. So, oh, so, so it's awesome. Yeah. So like, uh, but I just wanted to know if that was real or like, cause I was like, there's no way they would have just said, okay, let's just get like, okay, not, not do that homework and just do that. But wow. But now since you kind of gave me a little bit of the insight of how things work with Lupin now, I'm like, okay, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, it's, it's a miracle. And and we have to remind ourselves that every once in a while. It's it's almost a miracle every time you get a job in this town because it's just so many things that could happen and so many things that could change. I'm so lucky. I've been I've been doing this for so many years and uh I've been working, 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 and like I say, it gets better every year. And uh I just I, I, I think it's great because like I say, you see so many people that, you know, even people that have been on television series and stuff like that are fantastic. And then they disappear off the face of the earth. You never see them again. And you're going, what the hell happened to that guy? He was great. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's such a roll of the dice sometimes, you know, this business it's uh, and that's why I tell, you know, I have to tell people, honestly, if you, if you want to get into this business, it is something you want to do you have to realize that uh, there is that element to it that, uh, you know, it's not like you can necessarily uh, work your way up sometimes. Sometimes you can, but sometimes, you you know, you you work your way up and then you have to start all over again. When I I did the uh, supervising for DreamWorks, I told you I was out of the country for a year or two. When I came back, I literally had to start my voiceover career over again because uh, it's like people forget about you and they move on to the next person, you know.
0: Oh my goodness! It's I just know like, it's crazy. It's just hey, but you persevered. I mean, like like I said, I, I really think you're definitely one of the good one of the icons of it in thank my you. opinion. So thank you, I like, appreciate. That. I've grown, yeah, you've grown up to I've grown up to you in so many different levels. Yeah. <laughs> like, Diagnostics murdered all the way to loop in the third to me and all these different other (laughs) things in between, you know, it's
1: it's a, it's a crazy, you know, and honestly, I I really love it because I've been uh, able to play so uh, such a variety of characters. There's so many, so many actors that are on TV and they're basically just playing themselves. You know, in every every show they're on, they you just see the same actor, and he's just he's the same guy, but in a different show. You know what I mean? And right, so yeah. I, I, and listen, there's nothing wrong with that, and those actors are wonderful actors. I'm not capping on anybody. I'm just saying, uh, I'm fortunate enough with the voice stuff that I can just be any any character I, I can imagine vocally. I can play that character. So for me, that's just uh, it. Really makes it uh, interesting and creative for me
0: oh my god yeah definitely all right one final question and uh sure. i do this for everybody uh everyone uh-huh. like a uh, voice actor uh anyone that's a voice actor i always want to see what, what what they choose and it could be anything so like uh-huh. what is one of the craziest lines that you had to say and it could be it could be out of context it could be anything that you like oh, okay. it, it doesn't have to be like the craziest but the one that you remember that you said i had to i was like you want me to say what you know that kind of thing is there anything in your oh my god i'm sure there were i wish i could think of one though oh my goodness oh my goodness you know there's
1: it's yeah
0: because like we're gonna like uh at the end of the every year at the end of the year we do a montage of it and then we should to to be like and then kind of do a list uh uh, a really cool a fun thing one of my editors does that and uh
1: well there was there was a there was a i mean you know I'm going way, way, way back. We we'd do these, uh, what I call chop sake movies when we were first starting out. And they were, they were, um, uh, movies that were, uh, martial arts movies and, uh, they were usually pretty bad and the dialogue was pretty bad. And, uh, uh there was, there was, uh, you know, crazy l- the lines and a lot of stuff didn't make sense, but there was one line that was something like, uh, uh, how, how disrespectful of you to punch me in the spleen. You know, it was like, uh, you know, <laughs> these these lines that you have to kind of try to deliver and make them sound natural. It was like, it was like just these crazy... Uh I, I wish I could remember more. There, we, we made a list of them because they were so <laughs> ridiculous. We, we, we wrote them down because you know there were so many of them that were just hilarious. You know.
0: Oh, how disrespectful! <laughs> how disrespectful of you like to hit oh,
1: me in the spleen!
0: I love it. That sounds like a Power Rangers, like an enemy, like just like <laughs> randomly, like boom! It's like and that's Power a
1: Rangers. Spleen. I was uh, I played forty different monsters on Power Rangers. I oh voiced my god! 40 different, and I also uh, I co-directed a lot of the the shows that they did.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I think, yeah. Wow, the dubbing of that must have been like free-ranged. <laughs> that, was, that, was <laughs> yeah, that was
1: pretty nutty. I got to tell you. Yeah. Well, the they, would free-
0: take,
1: they would take all the action sequences when the guys were in their suits, and that uh-huh. was all from the original show in Japan.
0: You mm-hmm. know, and then they
1: would overdub it. But uh, the other stuff they would shoot, and this is my wife still kicks me for this because they wanted me to direct the live-action acting stuff, which I, I wish I had done now. At the time, I didn't really. I was super busy with my voice stuff and I, and I didn't really, I wasn't really interested in it, to be honest with you. Um, But I wish I had done it because I'd probably be directing, you know, on camera television right now. So that would have been a cool thing. But uh, you know, I've been very lucky. Like I say, I've I've done (laughs) so many different things in this business. It's really nuts, Uh, but it's been fun and it's, uh, it's been a, it's been a good ride so far. So I hope it lasts.
0: Oh, well, I I hope so too. But I'm definitely, I am definitely glad. I hope, yeah, I hope we see you with many, many, uh, get you up to a thousand rolls and it'll be like the ultimate. I'm on my way. I'll tell you, I'm
1: definitely (laughs) on
0: my way. Richard Epcart, thank you so much for geeking out with me today. It was, it it was a pleasure. It was awesome. Is that, That uh, maybe,
1: yeah, <laughs> which was yeah. more is like it... a prostate exam, I think. than <laughs> now, but... a
0: freeze freeze frame right there itself. <laughs> is is there a convention that you're going to be coming coming? Like, is uh, the next oh, convention you're going to be I'm going to? I'm glad you. I'm gonna. Yes, I'm
1: glad you asked that. Actually, we just finished uh, uh, Anime LA, as you know, which was uh, one of our which one of was uh, our most fun uh, conventions that we love. Uh, my wife and I, Ellen Stern and I. Um, yeah, let me see what we got coming up. We got, uh, let's see here. I know we've got two in, oh yeah. So we're doing WeebCon, which is in Dallas, Texas. Uh, it's going to be February 4th, 5th, and 6th. Come on out and see us in Dallas, Texas. WeebCon. And then we're doing a, a big, big one that we love. We love these guys. They're super, super nice. And they have a wonderful convention, KatsuCon in Maryland, it's one of the bigger ones, and we're going to be there uh, February 18th, 19th, and 20th. So February 18th through the 20th, will be at KatsuCon. And let me see. Is there anything else in March coming up? Oh, well, we're supposed to do this uh, uh, King Kong cruise uh, with uh, wow. John, John St. John to the Bahamas. But, you know, with COVID and everything, who knows if that's going to happen or not? So we'll see. And that's supposed to be... The first week of March, and if that's something that interests you to do a, we're doing it's basically a convention on a cruise a cruise ship, uh, which is uh, going to be a lot of fun. So if that's, that's something interesting. That, <laughs> yeah, if that's something that sounds like fun, uh, come see it. You can hang out with us, and uh, Ellen will be there, John St. John, myself, and uh, and Wes Johnson, and a couple other people, and Ooh, uh, we're gonna nice. have a blast. We're gonna have a lot of fun. So
0: those are the conventions. Yeah, it actually, might swing by a WeebCon. I'm in Texas. I'm in Dallas oh, right now. So. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Wonderful. Yeah. So that would be pretty awesome. I love, to, you know, sweep. my wife,
1: uh, you know, she's really worried about COVID, which we all should be worried about it. But uh, mm-hmm. um, there is a place in Dallas, uh, Bob's. Have you been there? Bob's Steakhouse? Oh, yeah.
0: The, yeah oh, the my Steakhouse, God. Heck yeah. yeah.
1: I love it. And I said, if I ever get back to Dallas, I'm coming to the steakhouse. And then, of course, my wife said, well, you can't go there because it's indoor dining. So. Unless Bob's, has, <laughs> unless Bob's has put a, a patio out there that I don't know about, we can do that. But
0: Maybe get Uber Eats with Bob's. <laughs> yeah, that, that might be worth it. Yeah, you know, it's funny. One of
1: my first uh, commercial jobs I did in Texas, it was for, uh, I think it was in Dallas. It was a place called Trail Dust Steakhouse. Do you remember that place? Was that before I your time? I do
0: not know that. Yeah. Okay, so it's probably
1: before your time. But I played, uh, uh, what was his name? Um it was a Clint Eastwood character, but he was uh, like Dirty Harry. It was like, well, it was like, yeah, I said, I said, go ahead, make my steak. And it was, uh, uh, we call him Clint Mesquitewood. That's what his name was Clint Mesquitewood. <laughs> Clint and so I was Clint Mesquitewood in all of these uh, trail dust steakhouse <laughs> commercials. And they would fly me there and they would have these giant steaks, like 72 ounce steaks. Oh my and, god! Uh, if you if you could eat it, they wouldn't charge it because nobody could finish it. But I I like an idiot finished it. So
0: oh, I, you must have felt terrible the next day. I over. was
1: so full, and then I had to record my uh, my session the next day, and I felt like I needed a wheelbarrow to get there. You know,
0: <laughs> that's but, method uh, acting.
1: <laughs> that was method acting. It was great. But you know, I've done I've done so many you know, commercials and shows, and it's just it's been really I've been very very blessed and fortunate. And it's been great. It's been like I say, I've been very very happy and uh i just want to keep going so that's what
0: we're doing yeah and yeah that's awesome that's great to hear well guys like i said uh definitely check out richard epcard check out his amazing library watch lupin if you're de- if you don't know what lupin is you need to go check it out uh on uh, like like online great yeah. great series and it's historical so but uh, uh and follow uh, Rich, me on uh,
1: instagram please follow me on instagram
0: oh yes and what's your instagram
1: it's Richard Epcar on Instagram. Oh, okay. It's easy. Richard Epcar on Instagram. <laughs> all I right, guys. Thank
0: you so much for listening over thank at you for these, having uh, me. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, guys, like I said, if you want to listen to more, check out uh, our main website, ConFreaksGeeks.com, or we will release these out on all podcast services. So we're on Apple, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, everywhere. So uh, so stay tuned for more awesome, awesome, great content. Awesome. So, guys, this is David signing off. Y'all, take it easy.